The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Josh Hill with Matt Verderam. Football's here, Verderam. It's back. It's finally back. It's back. It's hopefully better than ever, unless you're Bill O'Brien and the Texans, that it is not better than ever. <laughs> In fact, it's one big, gigantic, frowny face. So let's start there, because we're going to get to our season predictions at the end of the show. We're going to go over MVP, who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. If you've ever listened to the show, uh, you can put money on who Verderam thinks is going to win the Super Bowl. But for the first time, to your credit... It's actually a good bet. It's actually also the first time I've ever picked them. Yeah. Ever. Not only at Fanside, anywhere I've ever worn. I've never picked them even to get to the Super Bowl. No. So this is well, a big step for me. There you go. You can wait on pins and needles for that. But first, a favorite of the show. How can we not start? We always love talking about Bill O'Brien, our favorite Billo. This weekend, he finally trades Jadavian Clowney. Then turns around and trades for two Miami Dolphins players. Um, he traded a ton of draft picks for Laramie Tunzel. He trades Jadavian Clowney for a bag of stale chips. Verderam, Billow had quite the weekend. It was out of control <laughs> on multiple levels. Like I, I led Stack in the Box, the written version, on Monday uh, at fanside.com, just eviscerating O'Brien. And if you read my stuff, you know that look, I'm strong in my opinions, but I don't typically say people should be fired. I don't, it's not really my style. Bill O'Brien should have been fired when the Texans finished their their 2017 season 4-12. and We talked about it on the podcast. I've written about it multiple times, multiple spaces. God knows I'm sure you've written about it on the site. They should have moved on. It was the perfect excuse. They finished with nine straight losses. 
They they had a superstar young quarterback. They would have gotten any coach in the world that they wanted to take that job. Plus, Texas uh, income tax free. So, a beautiful situation. Obviously, they didn't do it, so on and so forth. We're, we're where we are, which is Jadavion Clowney getting traded for a third-round pick, something God. named Barkevius Mingo, and another guy. And then Laramie Tunzel getting more than Khalil Mack got. So, you do the math on that. Look, here's... Uh, let's lead off here because we all know what happened. We don't have to rehash mm-hmm. the exact trades. Let me ask you this. How many non-quarterbacks in the league would you surrender two first-round picks for? I can't think of anybody. I would say Khalil Mack, obviously, he got that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. I would no, put Aaron fair. Donald in the that mix. Fair. Okay? I don't know that there's... Any offensive skill position player, I would not do it for any running well, back. Well, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham both got traded this offseason. A first and a third? Yeah. And and Brown, a third and a fifth. There you go. You know, some people say, what about Julio Jones? Yeah, but Julio Jones is toward the back end of his career, as good as he still is. I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. There's no way I'd give him two firsts. Nope. Tyreek Hill, no. Even without the off-the-field stuff. No, as Mm-mm. terrific as he is, I wouldn't give up two first-round picks. There's certainly no offensive alignment. I mean, is John Hanna in his prime playing right now? Like, what is going on? You could make a case if there was a guy right now in the league, like Joe Thomas in his prime. Yeah. Okay, two first-round picks. That might be an argument. Laramie Tunzel is not Joe Thomas. He's, he's not even a, Trent Williams. It's ridiculous. It's look, And he's a good young player. That's fine. But, you know, I've seen some people write and, and talk about, well, yeah, now that they've got Tunzel, they're protecting Watson. Yeah, at that position, they're protecting him. <laughs> the rest of that line is a disaster. Nick Martin stinks at center. Zach Fulton is a guy. Max Sharping has been horrific in the preseason. Go back and watch some of his film. And then at right tackle, they've got Titus Howard, who, by the way, the Texans drafted in the first round. A lot of people thought they overdrafted him. He got drafted in the first round. And that experiment, apparently, with him at left tackles over before it even began. So this idea that because they got Tunzel, everything's fixed now. No, it's not. They're still awful at a couple positions on the offensive line, and they're just good at one of them. And by the way, Tunzel now, he should ask for the moon. Oh, yeah. The moon after not being signed to an extension before the trade. He's got all the leverage in the world. Like, I don't understand. This is an exact situation that we've talked about a bunch of times and everybody's talked about. And immediately when I saw the trade, I texted you, and I was like, man— Seems like this is the type of situation you'd need a GM for. Like, what are they doing? Not only do they trade two first-round picks, so you have kind of a tale of two cities here. You've got the, uh, the Texans who now, in Deshaun Watson's entire career, when his rookie contract is up in 2021, the Texans will have selected one first-round draft. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Who's now moving the right tackle? That is incredible. I mean, say what you will about the Dolphins. I mean, we'll have all season to talk about what they're going to do with those picks because the tank is on. But the, the most immediate thing is the Texans because here they sit in a division where Andrew Luck just retired. The Jaguars, we don't know what they are. And Marcus Mariota and uh, Ryan Tannehill are battling it out for supremacy in Tennessee. Like... And that's not a high bar. So you're sitting here saying this is a very winnable division. And you trade away one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And you acquire Laramie Tunzel, who, if, like you said, I'm him, I'm sitting out and being like, 
and you put it in your column. Give me an ownership stake. Like you can ask Start for there. anything. It is absolutely incredible. And then Kenny Stills is just kind of the throw in there. Like, and he's fine. He's you know, he's a good player. But look, here's my argument with the Texans. That kind of a move. That is a move when you think that that, that player is the difference between you getting to and potentially winning a Super Bowl. If that were the case, I'd still say, look, they overpaid significantly, mm-hmm. but I'd get it. If that was the move where they just said, look, this is this is the – like, for an example, okay, and I'll use them since obviously they're the team that I'm sure a lot of followers listen to and, and support. If the Chiefs at midseason are 7-1, and one, but it's obvious that they can't cover anybody, mm-hmm. and they call the Cardinals, and the Cardinals put them over a barrel for Patrick Peterson, I get it if the Chiefs in that spot say, you know what, fine. Whatever. We are that close to winning the Super Bowl. Houston is not any closer to winning the Super Bowl today than it was a week ago. They're not better than the Chiefs. They're not better than the Pats. I don't think they're better than the Chargers. I'll tell you right now, in a playoff game, I take the Steelers over them. Yep. I, to me, you could argue maybe Houston's a team that goes to the divisional round. And they're going to play New England or Kansas City, and they're going to get just absolutely blitzed out of the building. And they have no first-round pick the next two years. I just look at this and say, what is the plan? And the problem is, there is no plan because they have no general manager. When you're a coach, you're always living for tomorrow mm-hmm. because you're just trying to get to tomorrow. When you're a general manager, you have a three-year and a five-year plan. Well, Brian Gain had a five-year plan. He had a five-year contract, and he was fired 18 months into it. And then they tried to replace him with Nick Casario, and that miserably failed because they were basically being deluged with a tampering charge by New England. And now they're just waiting for Casario to get out of that contract next year so he can come to Houston. In the meantime, Bill O'Brien is running this entire thing. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm sitting in a quiet place and just crying. Yes, you now are protected from the blind side, but your team has no way to get better. Jadavion Clowney, who I don't think is a great player, but I do think he's very good, he got traded for what is essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. So your defense now, which at one point was a very talented unit, is J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless and Bernard McKinney to an extent, and then guys. Yeah. Just guys everywhere. Tyron Matthews isn't there anymore. Jonathan Joseph isn't the guy he used to be. Your boy, Brian Cushing, mm-hmm. uh, not as good as he once was in his uh, retirement age. Um, you know, obviously he's long gone. So I just look at the Texans, and it's like, okay, great. You traded two first-rounders, a second-rounder. You got a third-rounder for Clowney. You traded a third-rounder for Duke Johnson, and you're nowhere closer to winning a Super Bowl. No, that's the, most, that's the funniest thing about this to me is the Texans, on the one hand, this is the trade that you make if you think you can win the Super Bowl this year. Because I thought that when I saw the trade, I'm like, this is, they just went all in on a Super Bowl, and the tragedy is they're probably not even going to be the fifth best team in the conference. Like, that, that's incredible. And it also says a lot when you are part of two massive trades, and you are making both of the teams you traded to better, and you were the team that was supposed to be coming out of this saying, oh, we're Super Bowl contenders. They trade Clowney to Seattle, and that's going to look even more worse when we get halfway through the year and Clowney's channeling his inner legion of boom and bringing this back, because that defense is going to be great. Like, the Seahawks always do this. They always figure out a way. Just when we count them out, they pull us right back in. That instantly changes their fortunes, because now they, you know, are a contender to go deep into the playoffs, if that defense can be what it was. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. And then you've got the Dolphins, who aren't going to do anything this year, but now they have four first-round picks. They're stocked. It's incredible. Meanwhile, you've got the Texans, who were supposed to be the one team out of all three of these to be like, okay— we just made all these huge deals. We are now Super Bowl contenders in the AFC, and they're not even going to get past Wild Card Week. I don't even think they're going to win the division. 
I think they. I think they will win the division, although I think Indianapolis could still I win I think it. Indianapolis is winning the division. And you know what? Even if they win the division, I, I guess my, my final point is, and so what? You won the division. Big deal. Not the first They've time. won the division repeatedly under O'Brien, and what does it matter? They, they've always played outside of about one year with him in a very soft division. They get in the playoffs. They get killed every time they get in there. They played the Chiefs back in 2015, 30 to nothing. They lost at home. Okay. The game-winning score in that game was the first play of the game. It was the opening <laughs> kickoff. Niall Davis down the other way. You look at other games that in, in the past with him in the playoffs. They got into the playoffs, uh, and, and they beat Connor Cook and the Raiders, and they got smoked in New England the next game. Uh, last year, they lost to the Colts after going 11-5, and five, and not only did they lose, they, looked, they were just embarrassed. They looked like they had no idea what they were doing out on the field. So, yeah, great. You're gonna, you could win the division and be a four seed, and get blasted by the Chargers in the first round. And that's the end of it. I, look, man, to me, we always kill Bill O'Brien, and I think it's for good reason. That team should be so much better than it is. And not only is he a mediocre to bad coach, he's a horrendous general manager, and now they have no future to hold on to as they go 10-6 and six this year. All right, briefly before we get all the news that we need from you straight from the source, let's touch on Ezekiel Elliott and his deal in Dallas. What do you think of that? Well, look, there's a report out from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. It's going to be six years and $90 million. That's a lot of moolah. Yeah, it depends on the structure, how much of that is just tacked on to make the agent look good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, look, it, it's, a, it's a huge amount of money. My question with this all comes down to structure. How is this contract broken down? Because let's say it is six years. Let's just go off of that report. And, okay, fine, six million or uh, six years, $90 million. So does that start now, or does that start when his rookie deal's up after two seasons from now? Because if it's that, that's a disaster. Yeah. It better start right now. Now, there was also a report, and I can't remember who at this point. There have been so many. Ed Werder's been on it. Charles Robinson's been all over it for Yahoo. Um, James Slater's been on it for NFL Network. So I, forgive me, but somebody was saying the Cowboys don't want to front load the deal. I actually think they should front load the deal because then they could get the big numbers out of the way yep. and they could backload Prescott and go from there. But I don't know. That apparently doesn't seem the way they want to go about it. They, they've been signing guys like crazy. I mean, Lyle Collins just got a, a big extension. So the Cowboys are, are signing those checks. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're going to sign another one here to Elliott. could be within the next couple of hours. I think ultimately we all knew that they were going to sign Elliott. I still forever contend that they shouldn't have. And they should have just said, that's nice. We can win the first three games of the year without you. And then revisited this whole thing. I I just think, as great as he is, he's a running back. But Cowboys don't feel that way. It's all that matters. They're going to pay him. I think the structure is what's key here. What are the guarantees and how are they laid out? All right, Verderam. You're the NFL expert with all the inside information. You have uh, candlelight talks with players, GMs, agents, everybody. I'm just a dork with a microphone who's trying to trying to learn my way in the world here. So what are you hearing? What can you educate me on? What is it straight from the source that you can give me? So a few things. Uh, number one, right now, Hurricane Dorian is uh, causing all kinds of havoc down in the southeast and, of course, the Bahamas, and uh, you know, thoughts are all with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a football perspective, look, it's it's throwing some things into havoc. The Dolphins host the Ravens this weekend. The Jaguars host the Chiefs, and the Panthers host the Rams. All three of those teams 
and the Buccaneers host 49ers. 49ers. Uh, so all those teams that could be hosting games that would potentially be affected by that uh, are the Falcons are the one team that they, they are not thrown into the mix. Um, Atlanta's a little more inland anyway, and also they're, they're playing up in Minnesota, so they're safe. Um, my understanding from talking to league sources is there are contingency plans in place for all those games. Uh, they are not willing to make them public information yet, uh, but they said, as they always do when there is a situation like this where there's weather of this kind of magnitude, they're figuring things out. Jacksonville um, is under under threat from Hurricane Dorian. I know the Jaguars uh, are getting out of the area. They are not practicing on Wednesday. They are hoping to get back into the city around noon on Thursday, according to Doug Marone. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but the league does have contingency plans. Now, some of these teams... Their bye weeks are all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it it would be hard. Like, for an example, Kansas City and Jacksonville, they don't have the same bye week. If the game got postponed, when do you play it? Yeah. I don't know. How, you know, so the NFL, my guess would be, and this is strictly a guess, they would move the site. They would play the game. I know what was a couple of years ago, the Buccaneers the played their, the Dolphins. Yep. Was, right? And, and they. Week one was just a bye. And they ended up. we and But they had the same bye week, those mm-hmm. two teams, if memory serves. So they moved it. Some of these games, you, you can't do that with this year. So I would think. They'd move the site. Now, would they move it to the visiting team stadium? I don't think so. My guess would be they'd probably just try to find the site fairly close that maybe some of the fans can get to. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Yeah. Hopefully, it's just, hey, it's okay. They can play the games. It's okay. you know, it's fine. Hopefully, the Dorian peters out before it does massive damage uh, to, the, to the East Coast. So, that's one thing. Another thing, um, look, LaShawn McCoy got signed by the Chiefs. Uh, one year, $4 million, $3 million guaranteed. Uh, it was a... a substantial signing Saturday night. You know, we could talk about whether he has a ton left, a little left, whatever. Uh, you know, look, my understanding is and has been the Chiefs love Damian Williams, and this doesn't change that. They're they're excited and intrigued uh, by Darwin Thompson, their rookie out of Utah State. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans have talked about, well, how are they going to use these guys? What's going to be the role? I think it's going to be a committee situation I think Thompson will take the back seat to the other two guys. He'll have specific packages uh, where he's utilized. But the Chiefs will look at McCoy and look at Williams and, and try to split those carries, try to split those touches. Um, I don't think either one of them is going to be the bell cow. I think it'll be more of, hey, help each other kind of ease the burden on the other one. I think that's smart. McCoy's 31 years old. Williams has never been the bell cow ever in any season. So it uh, keeps them both fresh. And I think I think for both players, look, it's about getting through the season healthy. It's about getting to the playoffs, trying to win the Super Bowl uh, in Kansas City. And, and I think each other's presence will help them do that. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody about fantasy football this weekend where they were like, oh, man, Darwin Thompson was my sleeper. Because you mentioned him as a sleeper that people should look out for for fantasy football. And my response to that was, yeah, uh, so when Kareem Hunt was going off and everybody was so crazy about him, everybody owned Spencer Ware. Everybody owned Niall yeah. Davis. Like... The whole there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Kansas City offense. You can't just say, "Oh, I guess Lashawn McCoy is here." I guess the rest of these guys have no value because, by that same logic, well, what's the value of Sammy Watkins? Is Travis Kelsey really that? I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas City, but that's one of the reasons that I think that this offense is going to be incredibly fun to watch. I don't know. I think that we're on the hype train with Lashawn McCoy a little bit because he's a big name because it's a reunion yeah. with Andy Reid because all the graphics were going around on Twitter over the weekend where it was like, "Look at this offense. Who would you give the ball to first? And you know, Thompson and all these guys. They're kind of they're they're in the background, but I mean, Andy Reid, 
I think the takeaway from this isn't that, oh, you know, it's a running back by committee thing. It's what is Andy Reid, this offensive genius, probably one of, if not the greatest offensive football mind of the last 25, 30 years, what is he going to do with just a chef's array of fine foods? Like, what is he going to cook up? That's uh, exciting. It is exciting. I look, I look very forward to them playing Jacksonville week one because Jacksonville is a terrific defense. Mm-hmm. But Reed is known for early in the season having these things that nobody's ever seen. They don't know how to quite handle it. I well, was two years ago. The Chiefs were running like triple option shovel passes. Yeah, jet sweep. It was unbelievable. <laughs> the double triple like, jet sweep. <laughs> like no, nobody knew like what was going on for the first six weeks of the season. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Jacksonville's a great test early on, uh, and if Jacksonville wins that game, and Jacksonville, you got to take them a lot more seriously. If Kansas City goes in there and hangs forty on Jacksonville's defense. Uh, it, it appears to be uh, terrifying going forward for teams in the West. So, a lot to look forward to. But, uh, yeah, I think McCoy will split time with Williams and Thompson will be sprinkled in. All right. That's straight from the source. I like it. This is where I like to get it from. So, Bernard Ram, as we wrap up the show here, we're going to break down our season preview. What do we think is going to happen? Who's going to win each conference? we got MVPs, biggest surprises, big, biggest disappointments, all these things. Let's start with... The NFC champion. Who is coming out of the NFC in Matt Vernaram's official 2019 prediction? I will say the Philadelphia Eagles. So our coworker Ashley Young will be very happy about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not seeing the Eagles, so she's going to be upset with me. <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles. Um, this, for me, was a two-team choice between Philadelphia and New Orleans. Uh, I, I love the Saints as well, but I think the Eagles are the stronger team overall. I, I just think when you look at them, there's not a pronounced weakness Corner, there, there are some questions at corner. Uh, Ronald Darby's back. He's always had injury problems. Sidney Jones is there. Also a guy that was some injury history. Avante Maddox came on strong last year, but we got to see him do it again. But yeah, I really, really like what I see out of Philadelphia. My, Of course, the biggest looming question, what is Carson Wentz? Is he yeah. healthy? If Carson Wentz is healthy, to me, they're the best team. If they're not healthy or he's not healthy, they're not even making the playoffs. But I'm always whenever I make these picks, I assume health. Uh, I'm taking Philly. I think I think Philadelphia is a team that can win 12, 13 games. I think the division's very weak. Dallas is a good team, not a great team. The Redskins and the Giants are speed bumps. Uh, give me Philly in the NFC. I've got Green Bay in oh. the NFC. So. Oh my God, you were the floor. Um, my God, I just is there no shame. <laughs> I just purchased a uh, my fourth or fifth beach house on off the Santa Monica coast. With stock that I have invested in Matt LaFleur. I've been riding this train for a while. Um, no, I mean, we've said this before. The Packers are the Packers in that they, they still have Aaron Rodgers. He's never had somebody come in who can kind of mix up the offense a little bit. It's always been that same old Mike McCarthy thing. They're rolling out the same thing. And, you know, the, the batch got stale, and that's what happened. I think that reinvigorating that fire inside of Aaron Rodgers to prove everybody wrong, that is, to me, the biggest factor here because there is not a guy in the NFL who is more rambunctious than him when it comes to, oh, this guy sucks, he's over the hill, he should have won the uh, two Super Bowls by now, he's only got one, where's all of his MVPs, oh, he's supposedly this generationally great quarterback. And a lot of people like to talk about Aaron Rodgers like he's already this over-the-hill bum who's not, who's not going to win anything else. And I think that that is going to be a fire within him that is going to burn hot 
and it's going to burn all season long, and he's going to be in this new offense, and we're going to see. Like, a you know, common argument last year was, you know, Equimenius St. Brown, Marquis called, uh, you know, all these guys. <laughs> Mar- yeah. yeah, I can't even, like, remember Marquise, some of these Marquise guys. Marquis Valdez, Valdez Scalding, yeah. Uh, you still got Devontae Adams, but I just think that this is the year where everything starts to come together because last year it's a wash. The McCarthy thing, it had reached its natural conclusion. That was going nowhere. The way it flamed out is was incredibly surprising because I thought it was going to be at the end of the year thing, and then they fire him. But that's what happens when you invite Josh Rosen and the Cardinals into Lambeau and lose to them. Yeah. So he should have resigned after that. Oh, at halftime, he yeah. should have just like laid down at midfield, and got been, a massage, like, and been done. With it. <laughs> so give me the Packers because I think that the Aaron Rodgers factor is going to be back, and that's going to be a big resurgence here as we. Usher in this new era of quarterbacks, the Mahomes, uh, the Baker Mayfields, everybody's all hyped up on that. Maybe, you know, Laramie Tunzel and the two first-round picks they traded for him is going to give us a Deshaun Watson revival. But you have all these new quarterbacks, and it seems that the elder statement is only Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers is going to say, excuse me, can I have a minute of your time because I'm Aaron freaking Rodgers. Could be. I, you know, I— I'm very curious with them to see how things play. I'll tell you who agrees with Pete Prisco over at CBS. He's got the number one as power rankings. Who, who I always like to agree with. So, there you go. I always like to align myself you and, you with and Pete. Pete uh, same, same picks. By the way, neither one of us picked the Rams or even talked about them. Nope. I feel like that's a like a, a nationwide thing when we've been, people have been talking about the NFL. It seems like nobody's picking the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because we're all terrified of Gurley's knee. We all don't believe that much in golf. But, man, I'll tell you, the Rams looked pretty damn good last year, and everybody's off that train. Let's keep an eye on the Rams. Well, let's shift over to the AFC because I'll start with my team because I was going to mention with the Rams, there's the Super Bowl hangover effect that we always talk about. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, both these teams are going to get back to the Super Bowl. Like last year, everybody said, oh, yeah, the Eagles and the Patriots are definitely going to meet in the Super Bowl next year, and it rarely happens. But if there's one common thread between the conversation of the Super Bowl hangover and somebody who is immune to the hangover or has some kind of weird TB12 cure, it's the Patriots. Yes. New England is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. They're going to make it as a wild card. They're going to lose. They're going to somehow still win the Super Bowl because that's just what happens. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you can't bet against them until they give you a reason to bet against them. And I remember two years ago we sat on this podcast and they started out a little rough and even last year, it's like they lose all these road games. It's like, oh, they haven't lost as many road games since the mid-2000s. This is it. The Empire's fallen. Back-to-back Super Bowls. That means they only won one of them. But they've been to the last, what, three, three in a row? Four in a row is really tough. But this is a this, – I mean, when we talk about the great dynasties in sports history, we have a problem with living in the moment. Like when the, when the LeBron – Wade Heat team was going on. We were all rooting against them. Like, ah, oh, forget it. Everybody's rooting against the Warriors now. The, those Yankees teams at the beginning of the 2000s. When we're living in history, we tend to root against it for some reason. And I just, I've always wondered what it would have been to be alive and, you know, this conscious of football when the Cowboys were winning all the Super Bowls in the 90s or the 49ers or the, the, the Steelers back in the good old days. We're living that right now with the Patriots. And I don't know why everybody is so against them continuing this, specifically because they've not shown us anything to say that there is a cliff that they're going to fall off of. Every single thing we've ever pointed to, oh, they don't draft well, oh, the roster isn't constructed that well, oh, they lost Gronk, oh, they lost this guy. Super Bowls all the time. As long as Belichick and Brady are together, 
I will not believe that they are not going to win the Super Bowl until Super Bowl Sunday arrives and they are not there. That is very well reasoned and very fair. And I disagree. <laughs> no, I, look, I agree with a lot of what you said. First of all, a lot of it is just unassailable. It's fact. Second of all, I do agree with you. As long as Brady and Belichick are there, that team's a threat. I don't care who's around them, what's going on. And you know what? They also have a great assistant staff. I, I don't like McDaniels as a head coach, but he's a tremendous mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Dante Scarnecchia, most people don't even know who he is. He's arguably the greatest offensive line coach of all time. Mm-hmm. They, they figure it out. Um, I'm picking the Chiefs. It is the first time I've ever picked the Chiefs to even go to the Super Bowl. And I've been covering football professionally for nine years. I, I either had no reason to pick them or I've lived in too much terror to pick them. <laughs> okay? I think they're the best team. And I think they were the best team last year. And if not for a penalty, they would have gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah. New England is great. Two decades. I mean, you just mentioned these other dynasties. They're all one decade. I mean, this yep. team, for 20 years, it's the same, it's the same group. So I, I thought about it for a long time. It came to the conclusion that last year the Chiefs and the Pats played twice. And in both games, the Pats won the final play of the game. And in both games, New England played very well in the first half and then held on for dear life in the second half. At some point, the Chiefs are going to figure it out enough that the game is not a blowout in the first half. And when that happens, I don't think New England can keep up with them. I think if New England is going to beat Kansas City, it it will take the Chiefs starting slow over and over. Because when the Chiefs get going offensively, even against New England, they just rack up the points. I think the Chiefs beat them in a rematch of last year's AFC title game, and I think it'll be every bit the classic that it was last time. All right, so you've got the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I've got the Packers and the Patriots. We'll get to who we think is going to be the Super Bowl winner in a couple of minutes. But before we get there, let's talk about what's going to happen in between, which is our biggest surprises and our biggest disappointments, specifically, singularly, the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment for me. The biggest surprise this year is going to be the Oakland Raiders. And I don't think it's because they're going to be a winning team. I don't think it's because they're going to the playoffs. Don't, you know, misaggregate this. Be like, oh, wow, stacking the box and said the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl. It's like, no. I think that they're going to be better than a lot of people think they're going to be. Because right now, this thing has been set up as a clown show. This is, we got the Antonio Brown thing that happened this offseason where literally his helmet was the reason he was holding out from camp. Uh, I don't know what Derek Carr is. I don't know what a lot of this team is. But what I do know is that they're going to be infinitely entertaining no matter what they do. And I think that they're probably going to be a little bit better just because the expectations have been set so low. They're not going to be the worst team in football. They're going to be a little bit lower than a middle-tier team, I think. They're going to be picking in the top 15 in the draft. But the Raiders, there's going to be weeks where we're sitting here on this podcast and we're going, man— the Raiders did what this weekend? Whether or not that's a positive or a negative, we're going to have to find out. But I think that they're going to be surprising in that they're going to capture a lot more of our attention than I think a lot of people are giving them credit for. And I'll specifically point to Tyrell Williams, wide receiver, and Josh Jacobs, the running back. If those two can play up to where the Raiders think that they can play up to, where Tyrell Williams, they paid him a boatload of money to come over from the Chargers, right? Yeah, the Chargers. Yes. And then they drafted Josh Jacobs, and it's been out there where you know Mayock and Gruden told them they're like, we expect you to win Rookie of the Year. So this offense is going to be very interesting. Derek Carr, it can't get much worse than it was last year. Okay, I think he's going to take a step forward. I think if Antonio Brown is fifty percent of what he was in Pittsburgh, it's going to it's going to do all right for the Raiders defensively. I mean, 
they're starting to turn things around a little bit. But the point of it is the Raiders are going to be the biggest surprise to me because they are going to deliver in ways that we didn't think they were going to. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be picking outside of the top 15 in the draft. Calm down in Oakland and just relax. But the final season in Oakland, I think, is not going to be as bad as a lot of this complete bottom out that a lot of people are expecting it to be. You got them finishing above fourth in the AFC West? I do. I've got the Broncos in last place. Okay. Okay. My surprise is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think the Falcons are a legitimate Super Bowl contender if they get anything from their offensive line. I like that. And everybody's going to look at the Falcons and just say, ah. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Kind of old news. Look, they had a million injuries last year. Okay? You want to go down the line. Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen. All guys lost early. Deion Jones. Mm -hmm. Huge players. Uh, I think the Falcons are really good. They did a nice job adding two first-round picks to the offensive line. uh, And Lindstrom and McGarry. Now. I am saying this with the, with the, not caveat, but the condition, their offensive line's got to play a lot better. Yeah. But I think the Falcons are really good. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won that division and hosted a playoff game or two. Atlanta can play. Um, so I'm, I, think, I think they're a top 10 team in the league. I think people have forgotten about them. I think they're being slept on. I like them to rec- wreak some havoc in the, in the NFC South. Who's your biggest disappointment? Cleveland Browns. Oof. And not because I don't think Cleveland's good. But Cleveland, like, if you look at Vegas sports books, they're taking stupid money on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Look, I like Cleveland. I had nothing against the Browns. We, You and I sat on this podcast when it first started and railed all the time mm-hmm. how the Browns fans deserve better and how Hugh Jackson is an abomination. <laughs> and we were right. I stand by okay, it. Yeah, of course. I love Baker Mayfield's potential, and I, I love that offense's talent, okay? I'm a huge fan of John Dorsey. Huge. Thought it was a huge mistake when Kansas City got mm-hmm. rid of him. Now, Veach just turned out to be just fine, but I, I still think, you know, Dorsey, look, he's a top GM in the league. I don't know what to think of Freddie Kitchens. I, I'm fine with saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He might be a very good head coach. He might not be. I'm not sure. We're going to find out. But there are these expectations that they are just a Super Bowl team I don't think that. I think they will compete with Pittsburgh for the division, although I will say I like Pittsburgh for the division. I think the Browns will be a wild card team, but I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I I think they're good. I think it's a great step for them, but because of where the expectations are, I think they'll disappoint a lot of people. My biggest disappointment is the New Orleans Saints. I and I'm, I want to preface this by saying I'm extremely high on the Saints. Last year, last two years, we picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were in that situation again this year, and it upsets my Packers pick to get there. However, I just think that the way that the team has suffered the last couple of years, the way that the season ended last year, Drew Brees' age the change in the offense where you swap out Mark Ingram for uh, Latavius Murray, Malcolm Thomas just got paid. There's incentive gone there. We have, or yeah, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions heading into the Saints' season. 
And while I do think that they're one of the top tier teams in the NFC, I just think that kind of with the Browns, where the bar has been set so high yes. that anything like, and more so for the Saints, anything less than winning the Super Bowl this year is an utter failure, especially after the Minneapolis miracle and what happened against the Rams last year. I just, I don't think that this is going to end the way that everybody thinks it's going to end for the Saints. And I say that being it would be a beautiful story if Drew Brees is able to ride off into the sunset. He finally wins that Super Bowl, third time's the charm, all of this stuff. He gets his second ring. I mean, he's already a surefire Hall of Famer. Oh, like that, yeah. that is yeah. just like we're, it's, we're blowing out the score at this point. I just think that anything less than the Super Bowl for the Saints is going to be a disappointment. And I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. And it even though I'm a Bucks fan, it crushes me to say that because I like football and I like the stories of it. And I like the idea that Drew Brees is able to ride off into the sunset. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that they're going to miss the playoffs disappointment. I think that, you know, maybe a 10 and six season isn't really outside the realm of possibility and maybe a divisional round exit to the Packers or somebody else who is able to get up here. I mean, maybe even a wild card round loss to the uh, Seahawks. Could be, wouldn't be shocked. You always wonder when you got a 40 year old quarterback. At yeah. what point do you hit that wall? That's very true. All right, Bertram, MVP, who you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that if, if I would like to put Mahomes down for the next <laughs> 15 years running because he's just so unbelievably gifted. I but should have put him as my biggest disappointment. That, we would have, there would have been a fist fight on the podcast. No, I, look, you know, I think a lot of times MVP is about, sure, you're having a great year, but also there's like the story attached to it. Yeah. And I think Carson Wentz is going to have a big year. So I'm going with Carson Wentz. I like him a lot. Um, if Andrew Luck hadn't have retired and was healthy, <laughs> would have picked Andrew Luck. But I just think it's hard to win two years in a row. It's very, very, very rare. Guys do it. Peyton Manning's done it. Joel Montana's done it. But, you know, Brett Favre. But it's, it's extremely rare error. And so while I think Mahomes will be great again, I think there will be an appetite for a, a new narrative. And I also think Wentz is going to play himself legitimately very much in the conversation. So give me Carson Wentz. As in my uh, view of the season, he leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl for the first time, you know, for the duration and not just for part of the year. My MVP pick is a continuation of my uh, revitalization of the Packers season, Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is able to put together the kind of season everybody thinks he's going to under Matt LaFleur, he's the MVP. And he wants to win the MVP. And the fact that he's going to be playing this season with that fire in his belly— it's that that's my it's it's really hard to pick it i like wentz i like mahomes um breeze could be in there if the saints aren't a complete disappointment but aaron Rodgers, this is his comeback it's got the, all the setup for it he doesn't have mccarthy in the first year without mccarthy he's like guess what mvp baby guess it was me hey, all along never a bad pick so aaron give me aaron Rodgers. all right as we wrap up we established earlier you've got the eagles and the chiefs in the super bowl i've got the packers and the patriots Verderam, who is having a parade that Tuesday after the Super Bowl, whenever day they have it? In your mind, where's that parade taking place? Kansas City. Ooh. I think they're the best team. And I can't express to you the level of fear I have uttering that sentence uh, for other people to hear. <laughs> but I think they're the best team. I think their defense is at least adequate, certainly better. Um, and I think it'll be rough early on, but I think it'll get better as the year goes on with all these new pieces and Steve Spagnuolo as coordinator. I think the offense, in any time in the NFL where everything is trending heavily to the offense, I think they're just generational offensively. They're so talented. It's rare they have a, a team has a year like they did offensively last year, and you look at them on paper, and they're better. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are better. It's all the same guys, plus McCall Hardman and LaShawn McCoy. 
it's just there's no reason to pick against them. They, to my opinion, they would have won the Super Bowl last year if, if D Ford isn't off sides. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a tour de force for this team. I very rarely ever pick a team to win more than 12 games. I would not be surprised if Kansas City won 14 games. I, they are just – they're dominant. Um, I, I will pick them to win. I think Andy Reid will punch his ticket to the Hall of Fame. And I, I think the Chiefs will finally get their first title in 50 years. I kind of spoiled my pick earlier, but the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. And I'm going to pick the Patriots it's a strong pick. until – they prove a reason for me not to pick them. Even after Brady and Belichick retiring, to be like, those two are going to start an uh, expansion team and somehow win the, you know, their, their Vegas Golden Knights it and uh, <laughs> go all the way and win the Super Bowl. But no, my pick for the Super Bowl, the Patriots are winning, but I think that's going to be the footnote to the Packers-Patriots Super Bowl, which is the one we should have had when we had the Seahawks-Patriots, yep. the infamous you know interception at the goal line Super Bowl. That was a... Uh, you know We talk about mistakes in that Super Bowl. That was... Was it Bostick? What was his name? Malcolm Butler. No, 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 no. The, oh, the Packers oh, guy. Oh, Brandon Bostick. Brandon yes. Bostick. Yep. We are one Brandon Bostick mistake away from getting the Packers and the Patriots. Yep. Brady versus Rodgers. These two guys, the elder statesmen. And I just think that that would be would an be a great incredible matchup. matchup be a great especially game. now that we have this new era of quarterbacks coming in and we finally get are Brady. We've had Brady Manning in the playoffs all those years. We had Brady Luck. Or, yeah, Brady Luck when we thought luck was going to be a thing, um, and then you retired on us. Now we finally get... We're going to have Brady, Brady Mahomes for maybe a couple more years. Oh, Brady seems to be going nowhere fast. So, yes, it might be... He might outlast Mahomes. So Brady's we gone. finally get our Brady Rogers Super Bowl, and the Patriots are coming out on top of it, but that's more or less the Super Bowl that I want to see is Packers-Patriots, because that's, so, that's just fantastic. So this week we wanted to do our preview of the season, which we just completed. Okay, we always talk about all the games. We don't have time to sit here and rifle through every single one like we normally would, but I want to get a quick hitter. Hill, I'm going to say the, the game. You give me the, the winner. That's all you got to give me. I'll give you my winner, and we can roll right through it. Rapid fire, Thir- baby. Rapid fire. Thursday night football. 100 season kickoff. Packers, Bears, Soldier Field, who you got? Packers. I got the Bears. I like the defense. Okay, Redskins, Eagles leading off the Sunday slate in Philly. Eagles. Same here. Bills at Jets. Bills. Give Capital me the, B. Give me gang green and not in the actual Oof. literal sense. <laughs> uh, Falcons-Vikings in Minnesota. Vikings. I like the Vikings too in that game, although I'm high in Atlanta. Ravens at Dolphins. Ravens. I like the Ravens. I think the Dolphins are in that game with five minutes to go. Every game that a team loses to the Dolphins, they're up for contraction. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Chiefs at Jaguars. Yeah, Chiefs. Just kidding. <laughs> I like the Chiefs, but I'll tell you that defense in Jacksonville yeah. is serious. That's not going to be a blowout. Titans at Browns. Titans. Rough I'll, start to the Freddie Kitchens era. I, I like the Browns, but let me tell you, Titans win that game. It's a five alarm fire <laughs> in Cleveland. Okay, but I, I like the Browns. I can't. I can't uh, take uh, Mariota over Mayfield. Rams at Panthers. Rams. And I like the Rams. So I don't trust Cam Newton in the, in the health right now. Okay, on to the late slate on Sunday. Bengals at Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Colts, Chargers in LA. Colts. Jacoby Brissett says hello. I don't have the guts to do it, <laughs> but I got to tell you, everything in my being wants to take the Colts because that's the ultimate game where that locker room's like nobody believes in us. Yep. We're going to show the world. I'm taking the Chargers, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay. 49ers, Bucks. Bucks. 
I'm taking the Bucks too. I'm with you on that one. Giants or Cowboys? Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys, it's tough to take the Giants. Giants, 4-0 in the preseason. Yeah. Lions or Cardinals? Kyler Murray, baby. Give me the Cardinals. Cardinals all day. I, I'm with you. I don't I don't like the Lions at all. And the, and the Cardinals are in an advantage early in the year because nobody's seen them. Oh, yeah. Once you get a couple weeks of film on them, might be a different story. But early <laughs> on, give me the cards at home. Sunday Night Football, Steelers at New England. New England. Yeah, I like Pittsburgh to keep that game close, but they never can beat New England. Give me New England as well. I think we both know. I think the whole world knows where we're going on this. Monday night, doubleheader, Texans at Saints. Saints. Yeah. And then the final game, Broncos at Raiders. Raiders. I don't know where I'm going that game. I'll, I'll say Oakland because they're at home and it's the last season and all that stuff. But, well, uh, that game that game's interesting. I, I'm curious to really <laughs> – I actually am curious to see how Denver looks with, with Flacco and Fangio and everything else. But, okay, those are our picks. Our time's up. I want to thank Fanatics. As always, great sponsors. Go to fanatics.fansided.com. Go to word fansided. Save 20% on shipping. Get all your, your fan-related needs. Easy for me to say. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to Stack in the Box if you don't already. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Leave a rating. Look, this is the beginning of the NFL season. What are you doing if you're not hanging out with us? We want you as part of the crew. So listen up. Stack in the Box every single week. And who knows? Maybe even some surprises along the way. So enjoy Week one of the NFL season. Hill. It's back, we've, baby. We've made it. <laughs> we finally made it. Preseason's gone. It can't hurt us anymore. Thursday night, Packers, Bears. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.